Cool, Jakob. Thanks, man. Yeah. I really appreciate this. You asked me a question before we started recording. I am good too. <laughs> and I said, and we started talking, and I was like, "This is getting too much fun, so let's stop and yeah. let's yeah. let's uh, restart it again." But uh, so I asked the same question I asked you earlier. Uh, yeah. How's it going? How you been? You've been super busy these days, I can imagine. Uh, run me through what's yeah. going on these days. Yeah, so uh, super good, uh, super good, super busy, but the super good kind of busy, I guess. Um, so I've been uh, I've been busy uh, launching my next startup, which is called Offset Motorcycles. Um, we're building an electric motorcycle, and we're trying to sort of rethink how you own, mod, and ride an electric motorcycle. So with an electric drivetrain, you have an entirely new way you can design motorcycles but also enjoy motorcycles because it's super simple super minimalistic it's easy to use no gears no maintenance so that opens up for the for the possibility of creating a new category and um before um starting uh, offset motorcycles i i left brain making which was my my prior firm uh where i've been working within sort of venture startup acceleration business corporate innovation even for the past 10 years and I'm super passionate around that, uh, but also um, ten years is a long time in startup land. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And it was and it was it was time for me to move on, so I left um, in spring. Uh, spent the summer uh, taking a long long break, uh, spending some time with my family, uh, and then since after summer, I've been one hundred percent. Uh, committed to uh, to launching offset motorcycles and and obviously we have launched and, and now it's a uh, it's a matter of raising more funds to uh, to support the further <laughs> development. Uh, so tell me about it because I think because I I know you from the Copenhagen tech scene like you said you're correct me, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong are you one of the founders co-founders of, of Co- uh, co-founder and partner of Rainmaking, of Rainmaking yeah. which is which is one of the kind of bohemians of the sort of startup scene here right you guys do I mean. Rainmaking does a lot of different things. <clears throat> it's very, very, very big um, and very important for the ecosystem. But even before that, you were sort of part of Startup Bootcamp, right? In the early, yeah. And you've sort of been part of the... So like you said, over a decade of being around startups, right? And now yeah. kind of building your own startup. It is a startup, but it's just, yeah. it's just a very... It's a sort of physical product. There's a lot of other issues that come with that and opportunities and sort of uh, chances to innovate. Um I love motorcycles too. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. I was like, you know, I would have had you on anyway to talk about whatever you're working on because you're a great guy. But now that you're in the motorcycle world, I was like, awesome. This is going to be fun. <laughs> um, so tell me, because I really want to dive deep as much as you can talk about into the product. Because I think, yeah. I think, so there's, I mean, you probably know this better, but like there's zero motorcycles. There's a few other sort of big players in the in sort of electric motorcycle game. That, mm. that have been established for many years, right? And Harley's getting into it, and 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 so are yeah. the others. Uh, everyone's kind of trying this; yeah. they're handed it. So, where does Offset fit into this sort of ecosystem, and and how are you? And how do you try to be different? And and like, let's talk about it from from sort of the company perspective, and then I really want to dig deep into the product. Yeah. So from the company perspective, we're charging full on towards the mid market segment. That's where, in our opinion, uh, the market is. A lot of startups so have said what would, that before. What would us. the pricing be? So, yeah. uh, ten thousand euros. Okay. That's what we're talking about, and that's even that's even sub 
mid market if you look at traditional motorcycles if you look at sort of a, a yamaha mt07 that's probably the most value for money uh you can get on the danish market yeah. and i believe that's around 100,000 so 15,000 um, uh, euros yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um and what we're doing is we're developing something that needs to be at a price point where it becomes a serious alternative to buying your second or even your third car and becomes an actual uh, mobility platform, if you will. Mm. It becomes that second alternative to buying your Volkswagen Up or Skoda CityGo, or, like small, 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 small cars. Right? Or upgrading um, from like a, like a, one of these electric bikes, right? Like kind of if you sort of want to want sure. to have something sort of above that yeah. so to speak right because you can because some of these electric bikes so like i'm sitting in meatpacking right now and there's there's a butchers and bicycles i think their 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 yeah. bike is about six thousand euros i think and that's an electric yeah. cargo bike so it's it's yeah. kind of getting up there as well right so you, there's this interesting intersection where you where you want to sit yeah it is and and, and 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 because the technology has moved so fast and it's still moving very very fast within the electric sort of drivetrain um ecosystem batteries controllers cells and and obviously the the motor itself we can now develop and produce motorcycles that are way cheaper than what you see in the market and, 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 and that price is going to continue to go down. So it is really a race to the bottom. And what we see that's currently in the market are existing manufacturers like Harley Davidson that have produced Livewire. Um, it's a electric bike, um, weighs 289 kilos, costs nearly 300,000 Danish kroners. Uh, so they've sort of kept to their DNA and, and just I wouldn't say simply just taking a, a normal Harley Davidson swap the internal combustion engine out for an electric drivetrain. They've obviously done some more design, but they've, they've sort of stuck to their DNA, and that's what Harley Davidson fans probably expect from them. But it hasn't been that great of, of success, and that's because you don't buy a Harley to buy an electric Harley. You buy a Harley to get a V-twin, 1,200 cubic inch beast between your legs. Don't get that, me wrong. That sounds like, that sounds like and, it's going to explode any moment. And that's the point. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, 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 and, and you have other manufacturers sort of within that same segment, like Ducati, they're, they're developing an electric motorcycle as well. Obviously that's probably going to be super fast, super hyper speed. Triumph just announced that they're doing the same with uh, Williams racing team. Exactly, so yeah. F1 Williams racing, that's also going to be super fast. So, but for us, that's not what we're developing. And then on the other end of the scale, you have sort of scooters and mopeds, and that's obviously a huge market, very much growing year on year, doubling, tripling, uh, even more in, 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 in certain places. But as a motorcycle guy and, and, and maybe a person that actually needs to do a commute of 20 to 30 kilometers, I'm not going to do that on a moped or a scooter. I need a motorcycle that can actually carry highway speeds and have the range to do it. But I don't want to do it on an electric Harley Davidson. I want to do it on something else because I already have a Harley Davidson or something else, yeah. right? So we're targeting that middle segment, that mid market, where it becomes as cheap as nearly a high end motorcycle or high end moped, yeah. but becomes as usable as a moped, if you yeah. get what I'm saying, because we're also looking at a final weight of around like 95 kilos, oh, wow. maybe even less. Oh, wow. 
So and traditional motorcycles weigh around 180, 190, even more. Um, so that's what we can do uh, with an electric drivetrain. So we can just simplify it down to every simple nut and bolt. Nothing is going to be there that doesn't have a per uh, a purpose. Yeah, I so, checked out your. I checked out some of the photos you put out on. <clears throat> excuse me, on yeah. Instagram and 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 on your website. I mean, it looks stunning. It's sort of thank you. I mean. For someone like me, and my, my wife gives me shit about this, I'm super functional. Minimalism is kind of my, like, I love yeah. that. Give me, give me everything that needs to be there and nothing else. Uh, and yeah. that's really beautiful for me. And, and I feel like looking at your bikes, um, and, and of course, I've only seen photos. I haven't ridden one yet or experienced it in person. Hopefully, I will soon. Um, <laughs> right? It it's just feels like you guys have really thought about making it as, as functional as possible. Now, on that same note, um, it looks a little off-road ready. Is that kind of also part of the design on purpose? It's part of the design that we're building a dual-purpose bike, a dual sport, if you will. Uh, there's, a, there's a growing trend towards calling it an urban enduro. I think Ducati has sort of coined that as a, as a, as a, as a model line. Um, but what it is, is a dual purpose bike or a dual sport bike. So that means it's geared towards being an urban commuter bike. So on asphalt, back and forth from A to B, but also a city bike because it's super agile. It's super light, as mentioned, and you sit fairly high up, which is an advantage in traffic. So you actually look above cars in traffic. And because you also have a steering radius that's very, very nimble, it's super easy to get around on. That combined with the fact that it's also quite high and we have a good travel in, in both front and back suspension gives it off-road capabilities. Now, we're not saying that it's a full-on, full-blood off-roader, but you can definitely take it off-road and you can probably also do small jumps. You wouldn't want to do very high jumps, but it's geared towards being able to actually tackle uh, off-road terrain. Nice. Yeah. Um, before we sort of dive deep into the specifics of the product, because I think, you know, the range is going to, we want to talk about all that. How, sure. how did you end up here? Because it seems like you've had a passion for bikes, uh, yeah. which was, which was news to me. Because of course we always meet in the startup context. We don't talk about yeah, yeah, motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. So how did you end up, uh, being the CEO of, of a, <laughs> of an electric motorcycle company after being in startup world for 10 years? Yeah. So good question. Uh, pure, I would say, luck and chance. So leaving leaving rainmaking, I obviously uh, looked around for my, my next venture and through network, um, I found that there were these uh, crazy guys in, in, in all who was that been spending the better part of a year uh, building a prototype um, and got an introduction to them via my, my attorney, uh, who's also a partner in the, in the firm. Um, and then we just started talking and they were in need of of a CEO and 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 co-founder that would go in and 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 work for sweat equity and and help fundraise and build the business around the product and and, and sort of take it to the next level and um, that was a perfect fit for me, so it was originally created by uh, all whose uh, design studio or venture studio called BVD or Before We Die that I personally worked with before in rainmaking through uh, Undo one of our startups or one of rainmaking startups I should yeah, say Undo is a where they, fun one I like them. Yeah, where great, they've been great, doing all the branding. Great branding, and, great product. It looks yeah. so good. Uh, yeah. yeah, so the branding that's been created by BVD, ah, that's cool. now uh, partners in, in Offset Motorcycles. Um, that was also part of the allure. I knew what these guys could do. And I 
I, I have a very strong conviction around we're not going to win by just building an amazing motorcycle. We're going to win by having one hell of a brand, one hell of a community, one hell of a platform that interacts with our end consumer. Um, so, um, so that's how I jumped on. And, uh, and how, because the company is, it's all very new, right? So, so how, how, yeah, how so, long have they been working on it and when sort of how long have you been involved? Yeah. So a, a year before I joined and I joined in September. Okay. 2020. Yeah, so, so they started yeah. in 19 and in 19 you joined in the 20 and, and yeah. now you're, you're off to the races, so to speak. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, exciting. So talk to me about the specifics of the product. What is the range like? What can we expect? And when are these going to hit the road eventually? Yeah. So if we talk about specifics, then we're looking at 10 kilowatts as sort of um, not max output, but continuous rated output. And we're doing that because everyone else in the business is doing it. And that is also because we're falling under uh, ABS legislation. So under that power output, you don't need ABS. And also you're allowed to ride it with an A1 license in Europe. So that means that everyone that gets a license for motorcycles can ride one. Normally, if you go above that, you need an A2 license or be above 21, I believe it is in, uh, in, in, in Denmark. So, so we're around that and 10 kilowatts translated into um, horsepower in internal combustion sort of territory, you give around 400 cubic in inches, uh, so 400 cc's four stroke and around 30, 40 uh, BHP. For, for, uh, a 90, and for a 95 kilogram bike. Yeah, and, and, and then you're looking at the, at, the, at the torque, which is the Newton meters is through the roof. And we actually don't have those numbers yet, but trust me, they're um it's gonna be fun they're much more than they need to be yeah. so we need to actually we, we we're gonna be electronically limiting both top speed and also torque because otherwise it's just going to be too tail happy and and, and 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 be dangerous to ride and we don't want that uh we want something that's accelerating for someone who's been riding motorcycles for a while uh or for years uh, but at the same time we also want something that's safe for someone who's not been riding motorcycles for a while um so in range wise, we're looking at up to 130 kilometers on highway speeds. Um, and that's always the ma massive drain is to keep your foot down or your wrist down uh, when you're talking motorcycles for an extended period of time. That's what drains the battery the most. So mixed world um, riding, probably a, a, a great deal more than that, 150, 160, 70 kilometers, depending on a bunch of stuff. Uh, but that's what we're looking at. Um, Very yeah. cool. And and you you mentioned about the kind of um, sort of license you would need, right? So is it is it anyone yeah. anyone who gets a motorcycle license can buy your bikes? So you have to get a yes. motorcycle license in A one. You have to have a motorcycle license in order to ride a bike. Okay, yeah. so it's uh, that's important. Um, and what is when? Because I saw there was a little bit of a timeline on your website. What is it? Yeah. When is Currently, you're on, you're in sort of testing, right? So, where are we from at being in the market in Denmark, and then what's the plan after that? Yeah, so the plan now is we're in. Uh, we've done all the prototyping, and now we're in what we call the pre-production phase. So that means we're gearing up the final design to go into production. But before we go into production, we need to test the actual production bike. Uh, 
do durability testing. So emulgates uh, two years, three years of, 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 of road running uh, via in, in a lab setting. Uh, so we know that we can stand for our warranty. Um, and then we obviously need to, or not obviously, but the next step from there is to get a type approved. So you need to get it approved to be able to sell it within the European Union, but also in the in on the US market. And we're probably going to do that uh, in the same time or on the same uh, period that we're doing the, the EU testing. So type approval. And as soon as we can sort of see the end of that, we're going to open up for pre-sales. So I would say anywhere from 12 to 16 months, we're, we're opening up for pre-sales. Um, but in in a matter of, 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 of sort of months, we're going to start pumping out a lot more information on where we are um, and, and more specifics around sort of the final design, where we're going to land in terms of specifications. So that potential buyers can also um, sort of follow our journey and also get a sense of what's the end product going to most likely feel and look like and, and behave like. And I think what's what's interesting with, with at least what I can see already is that you're taking the brand and community part very seriously. And I think that's really uh, exciting from a fellow brand creator perspective. Right. Yeah. I think, and I, I think it's, I think it's important. So many, so many times it's, you know, you kind of, you forget that part of it and that's a very important part. And some of these larger, um, larger bike brands, they had a community when they started. Right. And yeah. that's how they got famous because it was about, cafe racers or was or was about a certain kind of community they built and mm. it still exists of course and they do it in their way but it's kind of for let's say the gen z or the or the millennial population or the sort of younger younger crowd um you know there's something missing so talk to me about how clearly that was one of the reasons as you mentioned earlier that was one of the reasons you wanted to be part of the project yeah. um how how are you guys thinking about the brand the community of the of the product and yeah so yeah, so so we're thinking about it from a from the sort of a digital perspective, obviously, uh, and that's one of the parts where electric mobility and an electric drivetrain becomes interesting, because we have the ability to via an app go in and configure your bike. So basically, within the parameters I set or we set from a production standpoint, you as a offset rider can go in and control and, and, and adjust your throttle vectoring, your throttle control, your uh, torque even, obviously within our parameters. So you can create your own riding style. And then here's the thing, you can share that riding style with me and I can upload that into my offset, right? So that's where we're, we're trying to, to, that's to, cool. to, to go about. So we're building a community where we want riders to share ride modes, share where they're riding, we want to create an app that's both where you buy your bike, where you get advice, obviously service if you need that, most likely not because there's no maintenance and hopefully it won't break down. Um, but you can also sort of engage with your community. So that also means that on top of the actual bike, we're building an apparel and a technical universe where we're also going to be selling accessories. And we take the accessory part more literal or, or, or more seriously than others, I would say, because we're not just looking at, or here's an add-on, we're looking at being able to completely remove the subframe from the bike and switch it out for a new one. Because again, Sorry, again? our modular- what, what was that? So the subframe- Oh, subframe, where, sorry, I didn't hear that. Yeah, so, 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 so 
integral parts of the bike where you're allowed by law to change we can offer that because the design is so simple it's so minimalistic it's that it doesn't require much more than an umbraco wrench to basically unscrew four bolts take out the subframe put it back in connect the wires that's it um so obviously that's something we 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 we're working on but there are multiple levels of where we're looking at, at 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 the modularity of the bike and also looking at building a bike that's not on a mac or an apple product but building a bike that's a pc or a linux model so so we're we're allowing end users also to not hack it but definitely you know mod it um yeah sort of per yeah. personalize it as well i think that's kind of the yeah exactly part, yeah. because that that's that that's you know being being a fellow motorcycle rider right uh, a lot of the time you spend dealing with the engine itself and trying to modify it or adjust valves or whatnot. Here, there's nothing of that. The only, the only sort of mechanical work you have to do is put some, 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 some chain loop on the chain, oil the chain, that's it. Yeah, very cool. So, so what do you have left? You have the sort of the design, the, the appeal, the look and feel of the bike that you can that you can that you can go nuts on, uh, and, and and that's what we're trying to 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 to, to cater for, and how much of that we're going to have ready for when we also launch our pre-sales, yeah, to be decided or yeah. to be announced, right? Because the, the 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 main the main aspect here is is to develop the digital platform and develop the bike, obviously, and and, and have those work super well harmoniously uh, in tandem to create that full-on experience of both owning a motorcycle but also having a digital layer on top that interacts not only with you but your community and other fellow riders i think that's really it's it's really a new way of launching a motorcycle company right like i don't think this is almost you couldn't do this before <laughs> the way you're thinking about this sort of community and, and building an app around it as well right well, I think I think there are others that 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 are doing it, and 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 currently that that have not done it simultaneously. Mm. I think that's a that's a mistake. And you see all all large OEMs within the car industry, auto manufacturers, they all have apps now that that connect to a car. Most do, and and some are as simple as like, this is where your car is parked. Um, that's actually good to know sometimes because when I park my car, sometimes I can't remember where I parked it. So it's it's actually a nice yeah, it's important. <laughs> yeah, but 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 we're gonna take the, take it one step further. Do you need a key for an offset bike? Probably not. You have your app. Wow. Cool. Um. So so um. So so I think that's trying to 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 really sort of sort of push the boundaries for what is possible and some. Some of it might not be possible, but, sure, but we're, we're going to try. I think, I think that's the exciting part, right? Because I think that's what, for me at least, what building real startups is about is sort of pushing it right to the edge of sort of saying, okay, what's possible? What's what's sort of innovative? And then how do you kind of make 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 sure that's packaged well together, right? And I think that's cool. Um, yeah. Where I want to go is, you know, you touched on sort of the 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 apparel piece a little bit, I think, because I saw there's a, yep. there's a really cool t-shirt on the website and I really want that. So uh, I'm, I'm a size yep. L, XL, depending <laughs> if it's European or American, save me one. Uh, because I think I think it's also, it's a pity, right? Because I think so many brands just, just kind of ignore that part because 
not everybody can maybe afford the bike just yet or maybe yeah like has the bike but also wants to buy some t-shirts or some caps and you can see this i think i heard some crazy stat once where i think ferrari or some some of these uh, f1 brands sell you know so much in merchandise just uh, it's, it's crazy just, it's, the, yeah. the money is crazy right and I, i'm an f1 fan so i can I, I i can imagine right they're selling a lot and i think it's just very interesting to me where younger brands want to stand out should do it way more so i think it's also really nice yeah. if you're going to be thinking about the, that side of it right so it's uh yeah yeah it's going to be good um why i mean because how did this happen in O's? like what's happening in O's? <laughs> like why why is this like one small garage a couple of guys got together and how did it come about because it's just i mean denmark doesn't really have the maybe they do have a history of it but i haven't heard of a volvo kind of size company in the in the motor no. industry from denmark so so we used to have nimbus motorcycles right so yeah. uh and that that was sort of a a, a bygone area uh era um that's pretty much the only thing we've had uh and that finished sort of when did that the, when did that kind of shut like the, it's like 50 in 60s, the 60s yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. 60s my father-in-law um, so, has an old nimbus i've seen it so it's they're, yeah, they're cool bikes yeah, but it's, it's just you know old yeah, it's, it's it's old, it's iconic, um, but yeah, that's 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 what it is. Yeah, so how did it go about in Aarhus? Well, that's that's down to the fact that that BVD Studio is in Aarhus, and also Mikkel, who's my co-founder uh, and, and who's the sort of the, the the design and technical co-founder behind the motorcycle, um, also lives in Aarhus. And those guys are are Aarhus guys. But, uh, but I myself is based in, sorry, in Copenhagen. Sorry, I just so. wanted to just wanted to, but I think. People don't understand, right? <laughs> like to start a bike company, to start a bike, to start like create a bike from the ground up. There's so much that goes into it, I would imagine. Yeah. So yeah. how does what seems like a design agency create a bike, <laughs> right? That's the well, interesting yeah, part. So, yeah. So, but they created it together with Mikkel, who's a bike builder and motorcycle designer. Got it. Got it. So, so they got together yeah. and, they, and they worked on it. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and he's been doing this for a while or... Yes, okay. he's been he's been building bikes since he could walk, basically, wow. and used to work for Yamaha uh, in in uh, in Japan. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, so he, yeah, how did they go about? So Miko has been building a lot of bikes, right? And and I think has he uh, been doing custom work as well, or is it kind of focused on factory related stuff? Yeah, factory related stuff mostly. Um, but yeah, so how did it go about? Um, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, I guess it's one of those crazy ideas where they thought, here's a chance to design a product from, from the ground up. And, and, and we know a guy who has the, the experience to actually make our crazy designs work in, a, in an actual prototype. And, and off they went. Right? Um, and then got us a product that, or a prototype that was so good that they needed to, 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 to follow on. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it truly started as a, as a garage build, right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and now we're moving beyond that, hopefully, um, and, and, and trying to build a business around it. I mean, that, that's, that's like the perfect story. Right. And so what is, what is, what are your challenges currently? And you've come into this awesome sort of, uh, you know, prototype build, and now you want to, yeah. and you as a CEO have to make it into something bigger. So what are you currently yeah. working on? What are the challenges you're trying to solve right now? uh yeah there's a lot yeah obviously. just pick, um, pick top five <laughs> or yeah, top three think, whatever I, yeah i think I, I i think the most complex challenge for us is is the the legislation around it the type approval 
um, because that's you know three thousand, four thousand pages of of EU directives that you actually need to read in order to understand what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do and how that's going to be tested and how and 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 how many times it's going to be tested. Um, so I think that's the um, that's the main hurdle right now. And then obviously it's also making the right technological decisions in terms of battery, uh, what type of cells we're using, trying to sort of gauge out in the, or look out in the future and see what's coming, what's not coming, uh, what technologies are gonna be outdated in five years. Um, and then it's around speed. I think um, there's a lot of activity in this market. Um, the electric motorcycle market within our segment is doubling every single year uh, and moreover in, in, in certain markets. So it's going to be a matter of getting to market as fast as possible, but getting to market with a product, again, that's truly tested, well-built, well-produced. Uh, so so it's that, how much do you want to rush it, rush it versus we really need to get in the, into the market soon. Yeah. And that's always yeah. the problem with hardware, right? I mean, hardware it just notoriously has always been very expensive. And that's just mm -hmm. like, we're talking about tech hardware, right? Like basic, yeah. not basic, but sort of technical hardware. And like yeah. the legislation around motorcycles and sort of, you know, anything around automotive is just insane. That's why it took, I mean, Tesla nearly went bankrupt. I don't know how many yeah. times we've heard the stories till sort of mm. it happened. So, I mean, clearly you need a good amount of investment, I would imagine. Yeah. So is that, is that one of your, one of your focus areas that you want to? Yeah, that's, that's my main, one of my main focus areas right mm -hmm. now is, 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 is obviously, um, being part of the pre-production and the, and the final design phase, but at the same time also fundraising. So we were fortunate enough to be, to receive soft funding from the Innovation Foundation. So getting an Innobooster grant, oh, great. got That's that great. Jan. And that, that sort of keeps us afloat for the next 15 months in terms of our development, because that's that's what we've been, been racing for. But that's just the development. And, and we're lucky enough to have the team that we can do it ourselves. But we need to scale it in a production sense. So we need uh, money for tooling, manufacturing, testing, type approval. We need to hire in more engineers, uh, electromechanics assembly. We have to build the assembly, yada, yada, yada. yada. So right now we're raising uh, a seed round uh, that's going to take us through to having a market-ready um, production bike. Awesome. And, and then let's see if we need to raise another round. Um, we might, we probably need to, to in order to, to have enough working capital and also enough capital to to uh, to go into market at speed. So marketing. Yeah, makes sense. And yeah, I mean, you don't have to talk about it if, if it's if it's confidential, of course. But uh, you know, who are the kind of investors that you're trying to reach out to, and who would be the the right fit for you guys? Because yeah, you're kind so, of on the border of some very interesting trends, so. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a good question, right? Um, this is this is a, a kind of startup that appeals to many people's passion. Uh, so it can either be funded by angels, um, so super angels, I would say, because we're raising a significant round. But it's also a VC case, and case in point is uh, our Swedish. Um, competitor called cake uh that have raised uh, 138 million in funding from eventures and creandum um and those are some of the absolute biggest vc names in, in at least europe and eventures uh also in the states so they proved that 
this market is at least from a VC perspective, interesting, and probably also a market where you can earn a significant return um, within the years to come, five, five to 10 years, right? Um, and I'm not saying that we're gonna be raising 138 million because we don't need 138 million, but we do need to be able to attract a significant amount of money now, but also potentially when we're when we're ready to to to, to launch the product and, and and raise the Series A, um, but I believe it's possible. Uh, I'm I'm 100 sure it's it's possible. So yeah. So to answer your question, right now we're talking to angels, but also some pre uh, pre seed funds and seed funds in, uh, and, in 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 Denmark mostly. Yeah, and if you don't mind saying, you can you can just tell me uh, no, uh, how much how much you're raising? Well, what is that number right now? Yeah, I won't. I won't Don't talk about it. That. All good. Yeah. Um, I think one of the one of the more important things is that you know I love these kind of projects, and that's why I wanted to have mm -hmm. you on. Is that I I do know some VCs listen to my show because they've they've told me, they've given me yeah. feedback. So, <laughs> cool. um, um, I think one of the one of the interesting things is that there's not enough ambitious projects. I mean, you've seen you've been in the startup world for a while, so you've probably yeah. seen copycats and sort of you know same same projects same type of projects come up so it's kind of nice mm. that you know there's something hard and really innovative that's kind of you know unique of course there's competitors and that's that's gonna happen but the fact that yeah. you're not building another app that just does something simple and you're not you're not even building another bike you're building kind of both uh, and, yeah. and that's kind of interesting right of course it's harder but i think that's also makes will make you stand out more so it's going to be exciting to see how it goes yeah yeah i think i think the main the main risk is that the, the one of the main risks in, in 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 raising and doing something that's ambitious is timing right is is timing correct there's a there's an example of a of a of an electric motorcycle style called alta motors uh, that have gone bust uh so they got at least some part of their technology got bought by bombardier which is the canadian uh massive firm that produces CDUs like Wave Runners. And Alta Motors produced arguably the best off-road e-motorcycle the world has ever seen. Now KTM is producing Freeride, which is also a very, very good electric off-roader. But they were super early and, and they just, you know, they, they the market wasn't ready and the market wasn't there. Maybe it was also because they had a very, uh, you know, um, uh, complex, product because they were building everything from ground up and they were building on technology that back then and i'm talking maybe six seven years was super expensive like if you look at lith lithium cell that price curve is only going one way and that's down right and that's probably the most expensive part on an electric motorcycle that's your battery and then it's your controller and it's the motor yeah. everything else is unless you 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 design it yourself like uh front forks we're not designing our front forks we're getting someone who actually knows how to produce front forks because they're better than than we are um so um so yeah i think so it's interesting i think that you're you're hitting a very important point there right i think there is so much in business in general but especially companies and products like yours where the costs are external and you can go in and sort of try to make it easier and, and better, but it's also the timing. And I think clearly if you're saying the lithium ion prices are going down and that, that makes it easier for you guys, that that's going to be great. And I think clearly there's going to be more, 
more competition, uh, you know, because <laughs> other yeah, people are looking at sure. this too. Uh, yeah. And and but I think that's where you know you got to build a better product and and have a stronger brand and community around it, which you guys are. Th- yeah, exactly. You, that's what it can it's going to win the day. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're thinking about that from day one, which is exciting. Um, I think what I what I want to sort of I don't want to push this any longer than it needs to be, and I think yeah, you've been very kind with your time. But I think one of the things I want to touch on is you've spent so much time in sort of the startup venture studio you know vent- corporate partnerships whatever you want to call that that world right yeah, yeah um yeah. are there sort of any big lessons that stand out from that decade and or, or plus of work that you're sort of already seeing and applying directly in this company oh wow uh yeah that's a very good question um i think um now I have to think about that, but I would say, I would say that the the the, the lessons for me remain the same, and it's uh, it's it's it's. And I'll tell you, you know, yeah, I'll tell sorry. you why I asked yeah, you ahead. this, and I think and I think it's it's only because that you know I I've been starting companies also for fifteen years now, and and you know, it's like very different industries. Always there's some technology element in it, but for me, what's been kind of a very. Um, I learn more from my screw ups. <laughs> I feel right. Yeah. Like when I screwed stuff up, I was like, "Why did this happen? Like, why?" Mm. I, we had a team of fifteen people. We had money. You know, uh, I thought the team was great. You know, was it me? Was it the team? What was going on? And I think you have sort of been, you know, with all the incarnations, startup bootcamp, you know, uh, rainmaking. Yeah. You've seen I don't know how many startups. I've probably yeah. seen way more than most people will. And I, it's just it's just kind of thinking about like. There's risk in everything, and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. But are there certain are there certain sort of yeah lessons that sort of stand out to you that you're like okay, I'm going to try to apply this in my in my new venture now. Yeah, I think uh, I think people management sort of pops people hiring the right people, not hiring the right people uh, comes sort of top of my mind. I've done I made mistakes. I've 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 hired too soon. I fired too late and vice versa. Uh, fired too soon when I shouldn't have, maybe in some in some cases. Um, but for me, that's 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 really what it comes down to at 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 this point. And that's also why I, I've baked into our fundraising that having limited budgets to be able to hire is gonna kill everything you do, no matter what industry. So always make sure that whatever you're doing make sure you have enough money to be able to hire the right people because the right people they're expensive yeah. and they're getting more expensive um so so if you want to have a good sales person be ready to pay for it uh, the days where you can you know appeal to people with oh yeah but we're building an electric motorcycle that's way cooler than this software product that's a SaaS, whatever e-commerce shop solution at the end of the day money talks yeah. uh, and you have to be able to to, to obviously equity and warrants sure, sure. Is, is is part of is part of the deal but there needs to be you know some base salary um that that needs needs to be kept off also when you're planning on hiring people in copenhagen or, or denmark for that matter it's super expensive to live here so yeah um, it is i know <laughs> so yeah exactly so so i think th- i think that's my biggest lessons learned because I've, I've been dealing sort of with um with not under fund, funded 
uh, budgets or, or startups, but I've just dealt with, God, I would be, I, I wish I had, you know, enough money to be able to hire that guy, but I know he's probably going to be, you know, 90K over my budget per year. So I'm going to go with this guy instead. And, and that just sucks. I think that you're, you're hitting on something so important. I th- of course, money is a big part of it. And I think also what you're probably, you know, very naturally good at doing, and that's why you're, you're not talking about it, is sort of finding the right people, right? I think that's another part of it, which is yeah, sure. which is kind of like, yeah, of course, the best ones probably want the most money, but you also have to find <laughs> the good ones. Yeah, true. And, yeah. And, and, and make sure that they stick and, you know, don't get poached and all the other, all that other crap. And I think... Yeah. Luckily, the Danish context is very, um, at least maybe, maybe I'm mistaken, but I feel like the poaching happens a lot less. Maybe it does still. Yeah, it does. It does. It, it, it doesn't really. I, I, I haven't experienced that much, luckily, because people tend to be upfront about exactly. it and saying, I want that guy to work for me. What's it going to cost? Yeah, exactly. And I think the culture yeah. is very like, you know, hey, yeah. I, I want this guy or, or this person to work for me. Yeah. And, you know, you have him. So it's, I think it's, uh, it's, it's nice in that way, at least. And yeah. I was, I was, um, listening to um, some venture capitalists in San Francisco talk about um, like hiring this, this kind of being a big issue. Right. And I think mm. so much of it is also people forget. And I think, I think in the media, they forget about it, that building a company is mostly about people management. It right? is. Yeah. And I think so many times it's like, yeah, unless you want to be indie hacker or indie, indie developer, build everything mm. on your own and do it all on your own or have a, have a you know sort of a freelance kind of situation then you work on your own and even then you have to yeah. work in projects <laughs> yeah, but yeah. uh if you want to build a company you got to be good at people and i think that's an important lesson um yeah absolutely yeah. uh to start wrapping i think um i want to talk about this two city thing because you said part of the team is in O's, you're in copenhagen how's that going to yeah. work and how are you guys going to build in the future yeah, so we're planning on having the assembly in Jutland, most likely, because that's where our suppliers and producers are mostly based. So it makes sense to stay close to them. Also, we have uh, some, we have better contacts in Jutland, basically. Uh, so it makes sense from that perspective. It makes sense from a fundraising and sort of business uh, perspective, sales and marketing perspective, to be in Copenhagen, because that's where. Uh, I'm sorry, all who's uh, at least I myself have the biggest network, but also where most of the funds um, tend to be based around. Yeah. Um, so, so part of the team is going to stay uh, basically sales, marketing, and, and sort of admin yeah. is going to stay uh, here, and then assembly, production, R&D is going to be in all. And are you guys uh, going to eventually build the bikes in Denmark? Is that the idea to have the factory here, or how is that going to work? Yeah. So the factory is going to be here. amazing. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. So, so what we're doing is everything that we're designing ourselves, we're producing also in how in, in Denmark with uh, with our supplies, and that's a big part for us uh, to to actually be part of creating jobs and also create something that's innovative, that's actually produced and assembled in Denmark. Obviously, some of the parts, sure, like brake calibers, front suspension, back suspension. No one is producing that in Denmark, <laughs> so we're going to go outside of, of our small country here. But in terms of framing, subframing, battery casing, even we have a, a, a Danish uh, uh, strategic partner in sight that's going to help us with the production of the battery themselves. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's um, going to be super exciting. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the bikes in every tech conference yeah. once we're back to tech conferences. <laughs> 
and and every, every every motorcycle show as well down the line so it's going to be yeah. exciting um Jakob, thanks so much for your time uh and i'm Thank really you. excited to see what offset puts out uh no pun intended there so it's going to be exciting to yeah. see excited to see what happens uh save me a t-shirt uh and I'm, i'm looking forward to yeah experiencing the brand and hopefully riding the motorcycle soon thanks a lot man will do Thank you. Thanks a lot, Keith. Yeah. Thank you.